Welcome to episode 511 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Sunday, December 10th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined by Jason Collette. And Jason, we have a special guest, Ian Khan. He's back. What's up, guys? What's up, guys? So glad to be back. Ian, it's yes. been a while. Last time we talked, Turn was just hitting the uh, the the season finale. It was just it was just getting into its final season, a series finale. Excuse me. And uh, you've had some time off. You've been been chilling out, maxing, and by that I mean out there pounding the pavement, uh, being a badass political activist. What else have you been up to since uh, since Turn is wrapped, and what do you got coming up? Well, you know, I did I did the whole promotional world of Turn, which was sort of great and fun and. Uh, and this come, and then I sh- just recently shot a Christmas episode of the TV show Bull on CBS, um, and it's sort of like it's a Wonderful Life, and I'm playing the George Bailey character uh, in a way, and it's uh, this Tuesday at 9 p.m. and it was a really fun experience, I have to say. And Chris Jackson, who played George Washington uh, uh, in the show Hamilton, is one of the stars of the show, so I got to hang out with him. Uh, he's a great guy and a, and a good bud. And Michael Weatherly, who is the star of the show. Um, I, I have to report, you know, in terms of what kind of a guy he is, they really don't come much better than this guy. He is as uh, as as good a guy as you're ever going to meet. He really was a, a pleasure to work with. So it was a great gig. And uh, starting this week, I'm going to be shooting a new movie called The Magnificent Myersons here in New York, where I'm playing uh, one of the leading roles uh, with some great awesome. actors. And um, And so I'm looking forward to going into... Uh, 2018 and 2017 ended up rather successfully, I have to say, from a fantasy perspective. I did uh, pull it out in Dynasty League One against Alex Cushing, which <laughs> brought me uh, no amount of Eat joy. Eat it, Alex. Yeah, well, you know, it was it was it was close, but uh, and and it was a great season. It was a good it was a good Dynasty League season, and that both the leagues I, I was able to take the crown, which was uh, lucky and fortunate. And uh, looking forward to 2018, and just made some big trades this week, so well, it's been that's- fun. It's good to hear. Maybe we can get into some of those trades as we're talking about players here. Again, that's Bull. Going to be on CBS this Tuesday, 9 p.m. Eastern. Check your local listings, okay? That was serendipitous, by the way. We've been talking about talking to Ian, saying, hey, let's, let's get you back on the show. Let's talk some baseball. We figured out this weekend. And then it perfectly coincided with the fact that you're going to be on TV two days later. So if people want to go see you, they can do that. They can get on Netflix. And, and if they're not watching turn, I don't know what they're doing with their lives, but <laughs> you might to talk baseball. So we're going to talk yes. some baseball. Totally. And I was a ton of news with, you know, so I, I, everyone knows how I feel about it. So I'm eager to talk to you two gentlemen about it. Just Jason, I'm going to start with you. Justin Mason is producing by the way, but Jason, I'm going to start with you. When you saw it come across the ticker, I don't know if you saw it on Twitter, if you got an MLB trade rumors alert, Shohei Otani to the Angels. What were your first thoughts? Hey, this was a shocker. I was in an airplane when it happened. Uh, what, I, what? I know. It's when you amazing, start right? Uh, you know, my my original thoughts were I'm glad he's not coming to the East Coast. I'm disappointed. In, in a dream world, I wanted him in Tampa Bay so we could have Brendan McKay and Otani on the same team and have a game where both pitched and both hit, and that would just be incredible. But alas, it's not going to happen. Yeah, alas, it's not going to happen. But I was just happy that he ended up going uh, to the West Coast. And it's and at least gives the Angels, you know, when you have the best player of a generation and you have nothing to show for it, you've got to do something. And I think last year, you know, and them getting Edrelton Simmons and him turning it around and becoming the type of player that he was last year. And now you're going to add Otani to the mix. Uh, it could be fun. 
uh, with the Angels. I mean, the American League West has always been a fun division uh, here in the um, past recent years. Obviously, the world champs are now coming out of that division. But now you add this extra wrinkle of fun. And uh, poor Oakland. I'm sorry, Oakland fans. Sorry, you know. (laughs) Uh, not going to be much fun for you guys, but overall, I, I like where he ended up, and I'm just really curious to see how he's going to be utilized. Yeah, that's that's really what I'm interested in is to see how he's going to be utilized by the Angels and how it's going to translate to fantasy, which we are going to talk about the fantasy implications of it because that's endlessly fascinating. But Ian, uh, your thoughts on the shock? Right? I think everyone was was initially shocked, but uh, when you saw Otani to the Angels, uh, what were your reactions? I was definitely surprised, especially when Seattle was making those trades to get right? more international money. I was like, you know, and also I think the Twins were making trades to get money. And I'm like, seriously, it's going to, you know, one of those two teams is going to be seriously disappointed. And then for him to end up with the Angels was uh, was really surprising. And but also an interesting fit because he's going to a large market. But it's not really because Anaheim, having lived in Los Angeles for a few years, Anaheim is 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 like the sticks. I mean, it's like living in Iowa compared to living in Los Angeles. <laughs> so you have you. But have it the gives benefit. him a chance to go over, like, but but he's close to it, right? He's right. he's big minutes. market adjacent. It's yeah, drive-through so country, is what it it's, is. It's thirty minutes from. It's like thirty-five minutes with with no traffic to to Los Angeles, but it's really a quiet, almost like a quiet little town. Um, so it, it will fit into his sort of, I, I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be, uh, I'm hoping he's the, the unicorn that we're all hoping that he is. So you have Trout and Otani on the same team. It, 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 it's a game changer for that, uh, for that organization. Also picking up Maiton, um, and you know, they're really developing their, uh, they're, they're really developing their farm system along the way as well. So it's, well, it's exciting. They're having a, a fantastic offseason, and I think they understand that they, they need to keep going here. You know, Jason was talking about, hey, they have the best player in the world. You can't waste it, and I think they understand that. See, there was this thought of, like, oh, they'll peel back. Obviously, people would talk, oh, are they going to trade Trout? I never thought that was viable because I just didn't think you, you could ever get the value for him to justify it, and it would just be such a uh, public nightmare with the, with the fans. So – you got to lean into it. Yeah, you made the major error on the Josh Hamilton deal. That was obvious. The Pools deal, you knew the back end was going to be bad. They were obviously hoping for a little bit more on the front end. But you just got to eat those and move forward. You cannot peel back, start paring down, and just let Trout linger there. You have them for a few more years. They got to dive in, and they're having a great offseason. I think they're going to continue. Uh, so we know hey, that he's I got with a the, question, though. Yes. I got a question about this. Now, I I didn't hear you guys bring this up when you and Eno talked the other day, but I I think the other part of this with the Angels, with him going with the Angels, was because we spent so much time this past season pointing out that every Angels pitcher get, got hurt, and that was one of the qualifications Otani wanted was that the franchise that was going to really help take care of him, yet so many Angels pitchers have gone down with injuries over the past couple of years, and including last year. I think every one of their opening day their opening uh, projected rotation, each one of them missed time with injuries last year. Well, at least they're good ones. Now, I guess the assessment was you have to understand, like, is it they don't take care of their guys the way the Mets are certainly accused of? Or do you just have, you know, injured guys, right? I, I, I think there has to be a distinction there. I don't know which it is, by the way, but you're right. They have had a lot of pitcher injuries recently. I wonder... If 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 that was brought up, if they maybe spun it into a positive, they're like, yeah, we actually have had a lot of guys 
who haven't been really making 200 plus inning seasons. But that's why we're going to be committed to a six man rotation for you to get you into the lineup and to make sure that, uh, you know, we, we have this team. Cause I think if you went to the wrong team that already had more of an established rotation and, and several guys that you can't bump off of that five or not can't, but that you're not going to bump off that five day schedule. I think that could have been more problematic with the angels. I think they're set up perfectly to really have a six man rotation because of all the guys that can go a buck 50. We're so, gonna limit. We're gonna limit your innings by making sure you get hurt. I think that's a great sales shit. pitch. You know, I <laughs> no, 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 no. That, see, no, 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 no. You twisted that on me. That was not cool. No, 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 no. I think long term, uh, but yeah, I mean, like, is a is a good way to go. I think a six man rotation actually has has great value. Um, I, I know that looking watching Tanaka all the time when he has that extra day of rest, he really has an extra bite on his pitch, and I think that these injuries are people are going to figure out that getting that extra day of rest may extend people's seasons. You know, you're losing it per week, but you're going to have less injuries. So there's more value there. We're rapidly moving away from 200 plus inning pitchers. I mean, they just become fewer and fewer. And you, you look at the giant middle glob of starting pitchers and on almost every one, when you're like writing up a profile or you're doing your analysis, you're like, well, probably going to be like 150 plus innings max but they're going to be such good innings that i have to take them like i think charlie morton's season was a top 30 season rich hill keeps putting up these like top 25 seasons uh with with going nowhere near even 150 innings so i i think that's the way we're going and uh it, it will be really interesting to see how L.A. handles it uh, with the guys that they have. Richards, Otani, Shoemaker, J.C. Ramirez, Skaggs, Heaney, um, Nick Tropiano on his way back, Parker Bridwell. They've got they've got a lot of pieces to make it work. Uh, Alex Meyer's actually going to be out for the entire year after yeah. his labrum surgery. But they've got guys that they can run in there, make sure they're running, like I said, a six-man and then that's going to give Otani the chance to uh, to play more regularly. Plus, there's more off days this year, this year, guys. I don't know if you know that. There's like a six, seven more off days sprinkled into the season. Yeah, the season which starts is make, March 29th. Yeah, going to make something like this easier to run as well when you have the more off days to play with. So we'll see I how mean, that goes. The argument, the argument against a six man rotation is that if you're not, you're getting fewer fewer starts out of your best guy. But in a case with this rotation. That's not and, so bad. <laughs> and most rotations, by the way, because most yeah. don't have workhorses at the top anymore. Right. I mean, your best guy is Richards, clearly, but how much can you get out of him? Shoemaker had forearm surgery back in August. So, you know, is he going to be ready to start the season? Skaggs has had his injury issues. You know, just about everybody you've named has had injury issues. So going six, you know, you could get – it's a quantity versus quality thing. I, if, if another team, you know – if, if the Rays went to a six-man rotation and limited Archer's usage, I'd be upset, but not on this team. I mean, exactly. maybe in fantasy implications, instead of everybody, let's assume that, that we could we could set the the uh, the and the PS4. We're going to set the health the health setting to nobody gets injured and everybody is going to make maybe thirty starts in this team instead of thirty-two. You know, and if Richards go, you know, gets back and he's back to that peak. Uh, maybe that season that we saw when he ripped his knee in Fenway, that that breakout season that he was having. If if, he, if he's that guy, then you can adjust and make sure he's not really, you know, he's more of a five day guy. Like I think I think 
there is flexibility for that if somebody emerges. I think it's it really only be him and maybe Shoemaker who would even look like that. And I need uh, to correct Shoemaker, my math, Paul. My, my math should be 27 starts, not 32. 27 instead of 32 for everybody. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. again, this is the team to do it. And then there are a handful of other teams that could have done it that don't have a lot of guys that have to be out there every fifth day. Like you're not going to do it when you have Syndergaard and DeGrom um, cutting them off. You want both of them to be going every fifth day. Not that the yeah, Mets but, but wait, 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 wait. But again, but again, back to the same idea. You want Syndergaard to go every fifth day. But if he were to go every sixth day, the chances of him getting injured will go down. There's a lot well, more rest time. In, in theory, not on the Mets. It would actually go up. Weirdly enough, <laughs> it, more rest uh, makes you more injured when you're on the Mets team. It's crazy. It's crazy because on that extra day of rest, they have a trainer come over and hammer your knees. Just uh, Tanya Harding you right when you're walking out of your house. Uh, no, so it does not go Kathy Bates, but that's close enough. <laughs> well, I figure yeah. the, the new Tanya Harding, Harding movie's coming out. It's a little bit more topical to go that route. Uh, but no, I, I understand what you're saying, Ian. I want to talk about Otani from the the fantasy angle because I think somebody on this show is interested in talking about his deployment, and that's the hot topic now. Now that we know he's coming over for sure, he's got a team. Uh, everyone wants to know how's Otani going to be handled. We know in NFBC it is pitcher only. Uh, we know that in labor you will be able to swing him from pitcher to hitter. Uh, I think CBS. I think CBS, don't quote me on that, but I know one of the major outlets is going to have him as a hitter and as a pitcher, two separate players that you would have to draft. Absurd. And Just absurd. Do tell. Tell us oh, how you man. really feel. I'll tell you. I, I am, I, I, I've been thinking about this, and to me, the idea that you have to draft Otani two times if you want to deploy, and you know, there's some question whether his hitting is going to be of, of the same value that there you is know, no question of that. There fair enough, fair enough. But but you know, his eighty his eighty grade speed and if whether he's going to be stealing bases and whether he is Babe Ruth. But the idea that you have to draft him twice is ridiculous to me, um, in so many ways. And I also believe that there should be a way. I mean, if you can figure out a way to have video chatting in a, in the world in 2017, there should be a way to account for the fact that Otani can be used both as a hitter and a pitcher during the same week. And the choice of whether you want to use him in that way, because the value to the Angels of having a, the 25th player on the team be Otani is that he's he's actually adding a roster spot to your squad. He's making it so that you have an extra hitter on the bench or you have an extra DH. So you, you can carry an extra pitcher because you, you know, so that value should be passed on to, to us in fantasy baseball as well. Uh, there's really, I, I, I and I, I don't understand. I, I seem to be alone on an Island on this one, but if you have drafted Otani and he, let's say he ends up, let's, let's imagine for a moment beyond all possibility that he becomes a great hitter and that he's going to hit four times a week, right? Why? And pitch and pitch once a week. Why should we not have the ability to use both of those stats? The argument about Bumgarner is different because he only hits as a pitcher in this, in this world, Otani would be the designated hitter most likely for the angel. And Pujols would be a first base and we'll see how that all plays out. But if he is that guy, I just don't understand why why we should not have the ability to use them in both spots. By the way, um, our producer, Justin Mason, has pointed out that Fantrax will have dual eligibility. So, Justin, are you saying that 
you will be able to move him. You you get his start, and uh, you know that you get his start on a Wednesday, and you know that he's going to be playing the weekend series, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and you have daily lineups. You can then take him out of pitcher and move him up to DH. Yeah, that's correct. You'll be able to move him uh, between between the positions, hitter or pitcher, on his off days or in daily lineups. On Roto is going to give you the option to choose any sort of format. So well, then there... it looks like uh, we know where Ian's leagues are all moving. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> exactly it just what I was seems, gonna say. <laughs> it's just it, it, there's just no I, I and it's complicated, right? Because are you gonna have an extra? I, my argument is that if you have Otani. You should be able to have two versions of Otani that you can use, and as long as he's not on the desi- the, the disabled list, that you could use him in both spots. Because I mostly play weekly leagues; I don't play daily leagues. But you should be able to use him in both spots whenever you want. The same wait, way wait. that, they, that so, the Anaheim Angels do, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Week in a weekly situation, how would that be possible? If you put him in as a as a starter. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can get his hitting numbers. But, you, but my argument is that they're in 2007, 2018, in this world of technology, they should figure out a way that you can have two versions of the player and you put him in as a utility player and you use him in your as a, as a pitcher, the same way that the Angels are going to be deploying him. There's really no reason why that should not be able to be done. And with, you know, with McKay coming up one day in the next couple of years and Green in Cincinnati, we could be looking at this as a, as a new trend. And well, I, this is certainly the test case. I definitely agree with that, 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 that these websites are going to learn, you know, what, what the best procedure here is in case we do start to see more of it. I guess so then what you're saying is, for like a weekly league situation, when I draft him, I get the two players. I don't have to draft both of them, but I get both of those, yep. and then I can put both of them in. Now, obviously, we're talking in, in hypotheticals and theoreticals right now because I think it's going to end up being a situation where you're not going to care about those hitting numbers. Um, I just I just don't see much of an impact with the bat this year, but – you know, if he did start, uh, you know, popping homers and and hitting 275, driving in guys, maybe running a little bit, like you said, obviously I would I would want those numbers. But uh, I don't know how much how much impact Otani himself is going to have. But again, it's different with Bumgarner because he only he never starts in the field. Like if Otani went to the National League, this really would have not have been an issue. You know, like there was talk of him going to the Cubs. It was like, well, why would he go to the Cubs? Like he's not going to play right field on his off days. He's got to rest his arm. But going to the yeah. Angels puts him in position where he can be the designated hitter on every day that he's not pitching. He could conceivably do that. Probably not every day. You have to have like a rest day and a bullpen day. But but three three days, perhaps four days in a, in a given week. Yeah, but if he is if he is the guy that some people think that he's going to be, that's going to be valuable. And I think that it turns Otani into it. Ch- it changes his value immensely. And I think that the value that he ha- again the value he has for the Angels should be the value that he has in fantasy baseball. Okay, I, mean, I, I think that's completely fair. Um, for me, all I all I need is is clarity from the the sites, and the sites have come out and been clear. I might not always agree with the route that they've taken, but as long as there's nothing, no gray area here where people are trying to find loopholes, you know, and ideally every site should be more like fan tracks though, where you have 
autonomy over it and you can choose for your own league. I think that's probably your biggest issue, right, Ian, that, that you some sites that you're going to be at, you're not even going to have a choice on how to deploy him. You're going to have to do it exactly how the site says. Well, yeah, that. And I mean, the idea of having to draft a player two times or that Otani is going to help me win the league with his batting while his pitching is helping another team win the league is I, I just don't I don't get that at all. That's just maddening, actually. I think, yeah, I think that's what that's what's so I got. I have a couple of questions around this just from a technical perspective. You know, this this dabs uh, dabbles into my my real life role. When I look at when I look at individual account, let's just treat it from a, this talk, talk through from a technical perspective on the websites player that this is a user role in the system. So we, we, I'm looking at, you know, I'm looking at a guy like Chris Jimenez last year that pitched what, seven, eight times uh, in relief, right? Chris Jimenez in the system, I have him labeled as a catcher and, or, you know, the multiple positions that he ended up playing, but we have them labeled. How do I, what is my player ID role? What, what can I do technically to make somebody accrue stats in two and two different positions when those positions don't have the same type of stats. It's one thing if if it's a catcher third base eligibility, but how do I how do I reprogram my league software to account for counting categories and hitting and possibly picking up wins and saves? I mean, we have, well, when I'm looking through BREF, there were 51 position players that pitched last year. 51. And that's a, I mean, that's a heavy number compared to other ones, but I think I think Jimenez led everybody. I'm seeing one, oh, Drew Butera threw four innings, Bethancourt, I mean, that's a hybrid guy. He threw five and a third. Yeah, that, uh, and that Jimenez did lead everybody at nine. So, I mean, this is, that's where, everybody, I, I just think from a technical perspective, it's, it, that's probably where the challenge is, and I'm curious to see how Fantrax is picked up, or maybe they're just treating him as two separate players um, in this. So there's Otani player ID 44 and Otani player ID 45. Yeah, uh, and that if you that, get both those guys are lumped in together when you draft them, so you get both guys. Yes, and and this sounds a little complicated, but as a commissioner of leagues, it's not really that complicated. You adjust the roster size to thirty-one for whoever. If you're of a thirty-man roster, you make it thirty-one for the team that has Otani when Otani is in the major leagues. Can you change individual team roster sizes though? Yeah, I think you can. I think you can on CBS. I mean, I think Tout Wars is best position for this because of the swing roll capacity. But even in that capacity, swing roll, it, it could be a hitter or a pitcher. But I don't believe we have the granularity within the OnRoto software to say, I am using Otani the pitcher this week. I am using Otani the hitter this week. Then again, it's probably we're probably not even going to have that choice in, in Tout Wars because uh, it, it sounds like they're just going to make us draft one guy or the other and not both. Yeah, I just yeah okay. I I think the tough part is is the weekly league, where you want to have both count. I because I don't know that they're able going on what Jason's talking about with like the player ID and the back end sort of stuff. I don't know if there's a way there and there may be. I don't know if there's a way to say turn on pitching or hitting stats for this one pitcher while all the others don't accumulate their but, pitching. But, if he's, but what stats. if he is But what if he is a hitter? Like, again, he have two versions of the same guy, just that guy is on one team. So if I'm drafting and I take him with a second pick of the third round, right, um, and I get the pitcher and I get 
the hitter, and I can deploy them both in the same week. And and you know the question of the roster size, I, I I'm not that would be the ideal situation is you add a roster spot for that player. Um, I just don't I, I just don't see why if he's accumulating stats again different than a guy like Jimenez who's pitching seven innings because his team's getting blown out. Yeah, you know, it, or, that's, or a it, pitcher that can actually hit a little bit. Yeah, right. And that, those numbers are irrelevant. That's one thing. You know, he gets three at bats a week. We're talking about a guy who's going to possibly get fifteen to twenty at bats a week. Certainly, uh, certainly. You know, so I I don't know. I just if he's going to be if he really has eighty grade speed, he's going to be stealing bases and putting on a show. And whoever draft whoever takes the risk of drafting him wherever they draft him because it's going to be a risk should have the benefit. If it if it works, because it could be an absolute game changer in fantasy, and it should and what be. Do, and what do we do? Yeah, I, I'm thinking. I'm trying to play devil's advocate on why they won't do this. I mean, what about the issue? You, you let's say they recode their technology, and, and that happens, and then you know for whatever ungodly reason you have Drew Butera on your roster as a catcher, and he comes in and mop up duty and throws two innings and gives up nine earned runs. You're like, I I don't have him on my roster for that, but because he's active for a hitter, all of a sudden he's just absorbed this no no no, no pitching outing. No, but it wouldn't be that. Like it, Drew Butera would not have that same ability. Like I'm I'm saying the unicorn gets special treatment is what is my okay. idea is that it only works for a player who is primarily a pitcher and primarily a hitter. They probably for- need to come up with a new classification then, right? Like a new position, almost unicorn, like, like joking aside, but yeah, you, we already have, have the U. That. Stop calling it utility. Start calling it unicorn. Let's put UNI. You know, <laughs> I got, I got him on my UNI spot. Uh, I got him on my unicorn spot. Um, but maybe that like, Maybe a maybe a new position is kind of the answer, or an S slash H. A, a or just, I mean, I also hitter. agree with you. It, it is very likely that Otani is not going to be, um, he's not going to get 450 at bats, and and then it it actually becomes a moot point because he's not gonna, he's not gonna accumulate those stats. But in the imagination that he does, the idea of Otani on one team and Otani on another team is just, I just think I that's, agree. Well, let's look at it from. Well, forget the playing time example. With 80 grade speed, you can envision him being used as a pinch runner. He doesn't need yeah. to hit in the game. So all of a sudden, we're just going to write off potentially 20 to 25 steals in this. Yeah. In this, uh, what's the guy from the A's? The, not you all, Washington. Herb the Washington. Guy, Herb Washington. There we yeah, go. Yeah. The guy the that stole 40 bases runner. with five at bats. Right. Uh, like you, know, you can see him being used as this pinch runner, and all this. What are we going to do with all these stolen, these potential stolen bases? Just I, let him go out into the ether. I I cannot envision such a world where he's stealing bases and risking himself on the team where Mike Trout got hurt stealing a base. Uh-uh. I don't see it. No matter how good his speed is. Pinch runner? Sure. Pinch runner to steal? Uh-uh. Don't see Maybe. it. Maybe. Yeah. But what if what if it turns out let, I'm just going to throw out another idea. What if it turns out that he's they move him to the pen and he plays right is the des- full-time designated hitter and then comes in and closes. Now, that would be interesting. Like, right. Like if it doesn't so quite pitching. cut it as a starter. Right. Or, but his or... stuff is so ridiculous that it's like, you know what, let's, let's keep him in the pen. And then, but he, he comes, or even he's playing first base or right first base. He could play first base and he just walks over from first base and closes 45 games. Like in college, um, you, you see college players do that. Didn't Buster Posey, 
used to jump jump on the mound a little bit. So uh, I, I just think the the rules are changing. The the game is changing, and I I'd like to see the full. I, and I'm not going to get Otani in in any either of my dynasty leagues. Believe me, I've tried, and I've been told <laughs> I got an offer that was been hysterical. told move move it along. <laughs> yeah, this is move it along, he, Ian. He wanted Arenado, Sale, and Francisco Mejia. And Where do I, I sign? I would I would do that to you too, especially as, as the champ. I'd be like, oh, email from Ian Khan, interested in Otani. Cool. Give me your six best players, or don't email me back. Thank you. That goodbye. was pretty much what it was. I said, just just make me a counter offer so we can stop it. But but also it put it put Otani at a at a level now where someone's not going to come in and be able to steal him. You know, because yeah. there's now there's a price, and that's what I was trying to do is establish a price. At least get a price out there. No, I, I completely understand, and I and I understand what you're saying about wanting to be able to maximize him because even at 250 plate appearances, and even if they're not great, which is you know like kind of what I'm expecting, that could still be super valuable, particularly in like a AL only league, right? You're getting 250 extra plate appearances, yeah. Even if it's like a 240 average, the counting categories that go with it if it's like seven stolen bases that could be mat- uh, huge you know like eight homers seven stolen bases you know 30 runs f- 35 rbis i don't know you know what i'm saying though but like but it's just, december uh, people are it's december these people code for a living like how hard would it be to figure out a way to make this work it, oh, it this could be face- done in a this could be done in a simple scrum yeah it, uh, <laughs> facebook would facebook would take five minutes to figure yeah. this out so these, you know, however many people are playing fantasy baseball, like they should, they should, they should take the time to make this happen. And well, I don't see it happening in the expert leagues, and you know that is the the industry leagues plus uh, NFBC only because the current roster formats don't even adapt to the current thing of baseball. We're still doing twenty three man rosters. Yeah, and, and I mean, Tout just did the swing a couple of years ago, but NFBC is still twenty-three man ro- uh, the the twenty-three man roster, or maybe they're twenty-four. Uh, but you know, the rosters they don't reflect because you look at a twenty-five man roster right now. Most of the time, it's thirteen hitters and twelve pitchers. But yeah. yet we're still in the 14-9 mode um, in the traditional thing. I would like to see us go 25 and go 15-10 or maybe 14-11 mm-hmm. uh, to that capacity to get, to get closer like. to it. Yeah. And as Justin just Justin just put posted, it takes ESPN and Yahoo forever to get guys in their system when they get called up, right? Yep. Like this is the same question. This is but the they same never idea. go away. But you know, if you ever want to have fun, go into those player pools and see who's still in there. <laughs> it's true. Like I think I can still draft Juan Brazelton if I wanted to. Oh, that I, and I'm sure you do every once in a while, just for old times' sake. <laughs> but <laughs> or uh, Justin no, says Tim Tebow. <laughs> I think it's going to be really. Um, uh, kind of a fun experimentation here uh, with the fantasy angle of it and how the sites are are adapting and which ones are going to um, do it the best. I I originally thought, okay, the, the one hitter, the one pitcher thing, I didn't really have a problem with it. I, I, I don't want to say I was like pro one will come punch me in the face for saying that it was a cool idea, but two, because I just don't really think I felt that way. I, was, I just thought that that was the way it was going to be, but now that I've seen some of the other sites kind of easily implemented a little bit smoother, I don't feel like the, uh, you know, I have him as a hitter, Justin has him as a pitcher, and we're facing off in the finals. And, like, what if he is a, a dope hitter at that point? Um, and and we're both getting, like, high impact from the same player in a season f- uh, finale. That would be so weird. It would be it would be it would be like the Angels get his pitching versus the Mariners who get to hit get his hitting. I mean, it, yeah. it would be that it is 
to me, it is. That's why I called you. I was like, I got to talk about this because this is absurd. This is this is. If you get Otani, you should get full use out of Otani. That's, or at the very least, nobody else should be a, getting a benefit from him. I, I say I, you should I, I get think, full benefit of him. I, I understand, and you are on the hard line. I'm trying to be good cop. Good cop, bad cop over here. Fair I got enough. Ian banging your head into the table. I'm like, hey, man, I'm sorry, I can't control him. I, I, I can't do that. But <laughs> if you could just get us with uh, uh, nobody else has him on their team, uh, we'd be okay with that. But I, and I'll keep him at bay. And then Ian comes back into the interrogation room, slams his head one more time. You got to get him to get his pitching stats and his hitting stats. And, yeah, I, and I got to calm you down and tell you about the last time Internal Affairs investigated you. And, uh, and then Dick Wolf, executive producer, comes up. Anyway, that's enough Otani right now because you want to talk about serendipity. Again, we were talking about getting you on for a couple weeks now, having no clue that that Giancarlo Stanton would be going to your favorite team. Ian, I have got to start with you on Stanton to the Yankees. the part where I hang up. Did you spontaneously combust and then put yourself back together? Did your wife and child have to put you back together? How did it work when you saw this news? Um, I was um, surprisingly, I think, I was disappointed with the news. Oh, Um, do tell. Well, I, I... I didn't think it, it doesn't sit quite right for me in terms of um, shitty of a deal. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's a great person. Look at that. He's all for fairness. No, I, I really didn't. I, I just sort of looked at it. I was like, and also part of the joy of the last season with the Yankees. And it was awesome. I was, I got into all the playoff games and I've, I haven't heard the stadium like that. in really, I haven't heard the stadium like that since like 2003 or even 2000. I mean, the place was ridiculous, but part of it was that we weren't just the evil empire buying up all the best players. Right? No, you, you were know? on the come up. They were, yeah, the, were, they were underdogs. Absolutely. And there was, there was sort of great joy in that. And it was like the team wasn't about, all right, we're going to outspend everybody. We've got A-Rod for $30 million. We've got Jeter for 20 You know, we, we, it was a new era. And there's a piece of me that was a little disappointed. Um, I, if I you get had, that. If you asked me, would I rather have had Otani or rather Stanton? There's really no question that I would have rather to have Otani in that spot. Um, that being said, it, it's a ridiculous addition. You know, you've added a <laughs> so crazy. It's it's you know you're gonna have uh, really maybe the the best lineup of, certainly of my lifetime that we've seen. Yeah. They added the better version of the elite guy you already had. I say that to to not put any slant on Judge, but like Stanton is the the bit more actualized version. Even though Judge just had this amazing rookie year, and God, you know, God forbid he build on it from there. But like that's just so insane, and that says nothing. You talk about Stanton and Judge, that says nothing of Gary Sanchez being one of the preeminent power hitters in the league. And freaking Greg Bird is there, D.D. Gregorius, and, you know, the lineup. And, is- and you get rid of Starling Castro in the trade. Honestly, Starling Castro is not my favorite, was was probably my second least favorite Yankee. Who'd honestly. he piss off, though, to get jettisoned to uh, his Miami? His contract. His contract. Yeah. This is what yeah, made it work. They had to get they had to get under they had luxury to get some sort of money back. Yeah, that, that yeah, they had sense. to, and and he'll actually be a value. He's a he's a nice trade piece for the Marlins. They can they can move him to a team. Um, they could even keep him. You know, 
Um, but Castro, it, it's a, it's an absolute win. It's an absolute win. They gave up two decent prospects. Guzman's pretty good. Devers is, you know, nothing like his cousin. Um, but there, yeah, yeah, he, by the way, he is the cousin of Jose Devers is the cousin of Raphael Devers. Um, and they're paying most of it. That's why they got away without any of the blue chip prospects. Right. Well, I saw they yeah. weren't, the other part is they weren't giving a dime. They're not, uh, I guess the Marlins or, or something, but they don't have to pay anything for this for three years. If, if, if Stan does not doesn't opt, out. opt out, then they don't have to send any cash away yes. or something along those lines. Yep. I actually um, think that the main story to me is the ridiculousness of Major League Baseball letting these people own the team. Like, you're going to buy a team, and then you're going to sell off your uh, your franchise generational player for it's bit disgusting. pieces. It and, it, and as a as a baseball fan first, I think it's a terrible deal. I think and I think Jeter and that that owner is should never have been allowed to to take over the team. As a Yankee fan, it doesn't even thrill me. Look, when April fourth happens and I'm at the stadium and you know <laughs> and then you just one. watch uh back to back to back homers the both times that those three guys batted you're gonna forget about this and be like yes Jeter's no, the it's greatest gonna, <laughs> but I mean it'll be it'll it will be fun um to to watch him every night you know and watch judge and watch and watch pitchers try to pitch around these guys yeah, as much absolutely. as they possibly can um 250 walks you know <laughs> next season uh, Jason, as a uh, Tampa Bay Rays fan, you obviously vomited when you saw Giancarlo Stanton coming over. But uh, what were your initial thoughts uh, on Stanton to the Yankees? Actually, a, a lot in line of what Ian uh, talked about. It just it does sicken me that baseball letting ownership come into play that can't afford to run the team the way it should be run. I mean, they're gutting the payroll to $55 million. I mean, even the Rays are going to have a 70-something million dollar payroll uh, this year. So they're, they're gutting at what could be with Stanton and with Ozuna and with Yelich, yeah, they and have Gordon the pieces. and Rio Mudo and Bohr. <laughs> they that's, have the, that's the crazy thing around. is that offense was was ready made. Are you kidding? <laughs> yeah, and like you know, I keep going back to it, but man, the, obviously the devastation off the field of right. losing Jose Fernandez. And I'm not trying to trivialize that by only talking about the baseball part, but when you when you do also pull back and look at the baseball part, it almost single handedly. I mean, it did single-handedly like change everything for them because otherwise they had this great offense and an ace, and they were kind of on their way. And then you take him away, and it it seems to have flipped the team upside down. And then they bring this get this ownership group in that's just as bad as Jeffrey Loria. The first thing people said when they got sold is, "Well, at least Jeffrey Loria is gone." No, he's not. His ghost is still pissing all over the rest of the league and making it absolutely worse. Making it just making it worse and worse because even if you go back to the Miguel Cabrera trade years ago, at the time Andrew Miller and Cameron Maben were two of the highest level prospects in both top ten in in the majors. Yeah, and so it didn't work out. Okay, it didn't. Obviously, Miller didn't become Randy Johnson, and Cameron Maben didn't become. I'm going to say Tim Raines just for the fun of it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. But but for Stanton, for to trade D Gordon first, D Gordon on not a bad contract at all. No. That was that was it. I mean, come on, with twelve million dollars a year for for a for a gold almost gold glove winning second baseman um, who's a great table setter, and then Stanton and get nothing for a farm system that is already dead. Like, what are you doing? What what are you doing? 
They traded Luis Castillo twice, by the way. They traded him in. I, I bring it up like every podcast I can because yeah. it's just so funny. Um, they traded him in that in that Colin Ray Andrew Castron deal that got partially rescinded because of the injury stuff with the Padres. And so the 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 flip back was okay. Give us back injured Ray. We'll give you back Luis Castillo. And then they're like, we really don't want this Luis Castillo guy. Can we get him somewhere else? Boom, Cincy, you can have him for Dan Straley. And Dan Straley is a perfectly cromulent uh, MLB pitcher, but. Oh my God! Just imagine if 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 they had Castillo. By the by the way, imagine if San Diego had gotten him with what they're doing. They're really building their farm system out. Yeah. If they had Luis Castillo too, that would be amazing. But uh, yeah, it it's brutal to watch what what the Marlins are doing, and I think it's only going to get worse if they start moving all the rest of those guys that we named on the offense. Yep. Which it seems like they're going to move everything that's not nailed down. And they're not Chicago White Soxing it by any stretch of the imagination. No. They're doing the direct opposite. It's no, like a bad. It's like a bad dynasty league owner. This guy yes. now. It's like a bad dynasty league owner who's like, oh, I'm going to rebuild. So let me give you. I'll give you Andrew McCutcheon for, uh, but not, but not even getting, you know, anybody, anybody good. But, but no, yeah, I'm and you're like for the drafts because I'm going to tell the guy you're like. Dude, we invited you and we gave you a ready-made team. Like you don't have to rebuild. No, no, no. I'm going to tear it down. No, no. But you, you, you really don't have to. Now, I think I'm going to anyway. I yeah, think I'm going because to I'm going anyway. to save money. And I read an article this morning which said that essentially what they're going to do is they're going to resell this team in a couple of years once they've built up the value of it again. And it's like you know what? This is this is not fair. It's just not fair. And even as a Yankee fan who's getting the benefit of it, even when I saw this trade that he was going to go to the Giants, I was like, come on, man. That's all you're getting for Giancarlo Stanton? Well, and, and those trades, those proposed trades were on an end where people were like, well, okay, you know, the Giants don't have a great farm system, but at least they're gutting it to mm-hmm. get Stanton. Right. And and those were just proposed trades, by the way. You know, it there were there were talks like on NMLB Network or whatever. They'd be like, well, they're not they're probably not gonna get all of those guys. These there's some rumors here. But they were gonna get some name guys, Elio Ramos, uh, Christian Arroyo. Uh, Joe Panic would obviously be kind of the Starling Castro of that deal or whatever, but they were going to get something that was a little bit more name. Yankees have name prospects, but they're not giving any of them with Jorge they're not Guzman and Jose Devers. Guzman's okay. Guzman's pretty good, but yeah, does he know, throw really hard? Yeah, he throws really hard, and he's he's pretty good. He has he has some he has some upside, but you know, Miguel Andujar had to be in that deal. Um, right. Albert Abreu needed to be in that deal. Clint, send Clint Frazier away, please. Just send him away. Well, and but, if, if you're, if you're well, not going to do the top guys, how did you, how'd they not get a qual, a quantity over quality? I saw, there? I saw something in along the lines of said, you know, the Yankees farm system is loaded with big, hard throwing right-handed pitchers. And these two guys are part of that mix, but they're the furthest away from the majors than anybody else. Uh, so the Yankees went it traded from their strength. What they had to give up, but they gave away guys that are further away from the majors. And you that look might at not come to fruition. And you look at the Marlins payroll, and they said they wanted to get in the fifty-five million. I'm looking at BREF and even taking out Stanton, this still puts them at ninety-six million projected for the payroll. So there's more bloodletting to come. Yeah, because uh, they got Chen and Volquez. So they're you know, oh, and they got Prado. They got you know, they got twenty-eight and a half million left of Prado. And you got oh, oh, you damn. have Chen at ten and you have Volquez at thirteen. So there's thirteen, there's you know, thirty-seven and a half million dollars right there that's yeah, Chen's as good as gone. He'll probably get some low-level guy in return, and and then you're just if I'm Christian Yelich, I'm like, yo, trade me. I, this oh, is yeah, why I. This there. is why I am. Uh, you know, the, the, a full no trade clause 
is, you know, if for, especially for a Stanton as young as he was, for, for me, a full no trade clause should be reserved for your 10 and 5 guys. Your guys that have earned it based on you know getting there by staying in the league as long as they have. When you get that ten and five, uh, right? That's your full no trade. And every time I see a full no trade in a contract, it just makes me sick because of what happened here. I mean, two different the St. Louis tried, uh, San Francisco tried. Nope. And then that really then it forces your hand when he says, "Okay, I want to go to the Yankees or Cubs." It's like, okay, it, it really. Then- it screws over the team because now, I mean, they already screwed themselves over by giving a 25 year old, no trade. I, was say, uh, they but did it really it, I, I don't put any hate on Stanton for that. No, I don't. Know, he, he bargained for it. He got it. He's allowed to, to execute it. He doesn't owe the team anything. Cause I don't even think he wants to get dealt and watch a tear down. He would, I think he would much rather stay and continue to build what they were building. So they did well, it. To actually, themselves. I, 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 my argument is with Derek Jeter, Derek Jeter and the ownership. Because what they should have done is they, if they really wanted to tear it down this way, is they should have said to Giancarlo, okay, you don't want to go where we want to send you and make the deal that we want to make. And it's going to end up costing us $20 million to keep you on our payroll this season. You are going to be alone on this team. You are alone. We are trading Azuna. We are trading Yells. We're going to trade everybody and we're going to get value for them. And when you're finally ready to leave because you're looking around and you're, we've won 12 games out of the first 70, then we're going <laughs> to trade you. And that's what they should have done. Okay. And I know Didn't they is, threaten that though? Yeah, what, but what? they should have done that. They shouldn't have, this, I mean, again, I know it sounds crazy coming from a lifetime Yankee fan, right? But it is, it is an obscenely bad trade. Um, really in, in every in every way, and in terms of pay, you know what Stanton is making this year. Next year is going to look like a bargain when Bryce Harper comes out and gets his four hundred and fifty million dollar contract. Yeah. So yeah. you know it's not even that. It's a big contract, but it's not that bad of a contract. And you know, did a great breakdown of it, showing that it's not. You know, if you if you kind of age it, and and some of it was uh, a favorable aging for sure. But there's a there's a case that it's not this underwater. You must get rid of it, it sort of deal. Like he really showed that there's still a lot of value tied up in this deal for a guy going into his age 28 season. That's what I think too. I think it's yeah. a. I think it's a. It's. I feel like I'm a Mr. Disgrace today, but it is. It is a. It is a bit of a disgrace. And no, it really yeah, is. It really I, is. I agree. I agree. Uh, um, as many as many fans as it reinvigorate, not that the Yankee fan base needed any reinvigoration after none. what after way last year, but as many fans as it reinvigorates, uh, it's going to disenfranchise some other ones. But then, you know, getting back to the the how this impacts the Yankees, now you're looking at the middle of that lineup, two through six of Judge, Stanton, Bird, Sanchez, and Gregorius, all aged 25 to 28 players, and. Sanchez, the youngest one of them, by a month, because Bird's right there, too. And if you look at fantasy impact, I know if, if we look back to Toronto, where Toronto was, had all those right-handed hitters, uh, and at times they could be held and checked by good right-handed pitchers, I'd be curious to see what the Yankees are going to do here. Are they going to let Bird hit cleanup? Because I thought Gregorius did a good job hitting out of the yeah. four hole last year. Uh, you know, maybe you go with the experience because I'm still not convinced Greg Bird is more than Mr. September. Uh, yeah, I, I could be you. wrong here. I probably will be wrong. I'm with but, you on that. I'm you know, totally I'm still not convinced piece. where Gregorius is. It really impresses me what he does uh, at the plate. And that's kind of where I'm thinking uh, this really could uh, be a big thing for Gregorius if they decide, you know what? We're going to leave you four because you've got Gardner who gets on base, Judge, yep. Stanton. If at least two of those guys are still on base, if one of the three hasn't cleared it out, it's going to really drive up Gregorius's value this year. 
One thing that helps with all the righties, though, too, is uh, Sanchez is uh, kind of a reverse platoon right now. At least, as his uh, judge. As his judge. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, and the reason I know that is because I'm a giant nerd who plays a lot of MLB The Show, and their player cards are much better against right-handers. And so uh, that kind of helps. Uh, and if they get if they get even better against lefties, well, then good game to the rest of the league. It's going to be and, problematic. And you know what? The Yankees, the Yankees are to you know tip of the hat to the Yankees because they've developed all of these young players. You, you're not paying. You're paying Aaron Judge five hundred thousand dollars a year. You're paying Gary Sanchez five hundred thousand dollars. Well, a that's year. the beauty. Yeah, they, that's they, the beauty. You know, they can take on the Stanton contract, and yes, they have a bunch of great players in their offense, but he's the only one really getting paid along with Gardner. And I know that uh, Ellsbury, Ellsbury. Uh, Ellsbury, Ellsbury is too. But when you really have Judge Sanchez, Bird, Didi, Hicks, not making a ton of money. You can even have the albatross of Ellsbury. I think uh, I saw a note. Can. Somebody was joking around on Twitter that the the Yankees should send Clint Frazier and Jacoby Ellsbury to the Phillies for like Aaron Nola. Somebody said something basically like, "Here, you want Frazier that badly? You have to take Ellsbury. You have yes. to take him, or just Absolutely. do something that say just you know take what? him and, and package him up." Because what, what what can the Tigers give to do that? Because I, I will say, I will uh, volunteer my favorite team to take the Clint Frazier piece and would just, just pay Ellsbury. Who cares to hang around, um, just to get the prospect of it. You're basically buying a prospect. I, I'm, I'm in for it for, as a Tigers fan. That is Why exactly, not? That's an expensive, that is a, it's an expensive purchase though. Go ahead, Ian. But boy, not my that money. Would be, that would be a great thing for the New York Yankees. Um, an absolutely amazing thing for the New York Yankees to get, like a, you know, trade. You got to trade Clint Frazier now. He he's got to go. And getting a a, a mid level starter, uh, you know, you want to give us Michael Fulmer. We will give you Clint Frazier. We will give you um, Jacoby Ellsbury, and we would give you Domingo Acevedo too. Um, mm, in I that, deal. let me call that the Illiches. I, mean, I got to look it up because let's not forget Ellsbury's got sixty nine million dollars due over yep. the next four that's years. Not, that's not nice. Believe it or not. Despite that number, dollars over the next three years, plus that $5 million buyout, which I'm pretty certain the teams are going to exercise in 2021. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would think so. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, guys, we're going to do some uh, free agent guesses. Before we go to that, Just, Justin, are you there? i got to get Justin on the mic here real quick. Um, of course I'm here. Justin, of course you are. How much, on a scale of 1 to 10, do you hate Eno Saris for getting you jazzed up about getting potentially both both Stanton and Otani only to get neither. Yeah, there's definitely going to be some editing of Eno's voice in the next episode. <laughs> please please turn him into a chipmunk. Oh yes. Please. Or slow him down to half speed so he sounds like hey. yeah. Yeah, make, make him sound like he's completely Make him sound like Arizona, you know. That'd be perfect. Oh my god. <laughs> well, I was thinking in in uh honor of the holiday season that maybe i'd go chipmunk yeah i i i think that i think that's necessary uh after what he did to giants fans ripping their hearts out like that getting them all excited like that only to watch them get punched in the face by otani going to la uh, with the angels and then this disgustingly bad stanton deal uh all right let's let's move on guys let's talk about some of the other big free agents left obviously the winter meetings are going to start in a couple days uh we're seeing these two big chips fall there was speculation that these two were the ones that were really holding up the market if that's true then we should see a lot of things start to fall so i want to talk about the five 
five biggest guys left, at least in my estimation. If I miss somebody, you guys can hit me up in the comments. But uh, let's start with you, Darvish, and I'm gonna start with you, Ian. Uh, where do you where do you see Darvish going? I, you, I won't nail you down on a, uh, on a on a guaranteed pick at the front end here if you want to name a few teams, but I am going to make you pick one by the end of it. I'm going to say that he's going to end up with the Chicago Cubs. Okay. Do tell. Well, I mean, I, the Cubs need pitching, right? Um, and he he's going to go to a ready-made team um, where – they're going to be competing for a championship for as long as he's under contract. I think that because of his World Series experience, the price is going to be down a little bit. Um, instead of being a $200 million pitcher, he's not going to be. He'll be a $120 million pitcher. Which is uh, insane, but great for a team. Yeah, but but yeah, but yeah, it's what the price... You know, in the big moment of his life, of his career, Game 7, he did, yeah. not, he, he did not perform. And he also didn't perform in Game 3. And I'm a Hugh Darvish lover. I love the guy. He's a great fantasy baseball asset to have, but um, he did not come up big in the big spot. So I think that's going to cost him. Um, and I think the Cubs is a is a great spot for him. I, I think it'll it'll help that team continue to be a super team for the next four or five years. And I certainly think it's a better move than uh, re-signing their own guy, Arietta, who they seem to be running away from uh, quite quickly. J- Jason, and, go ahead, go ahead, Ian. I'm sorry. No, and the sleeper would be the Minnesota Twins. Ooh, I like that. They, they've they been quietly making moves. You talked about how they were gathering international money. Uh, there was a little rumor. And, you know, these little rumors fly out. They don't necessarily mean a lot, but it was intriguing to see them linked to, like, a Garrett Cole. They were talking to the Pirates about that. They want to go out and get a big pitcher. So I like that as a dark horse for Minnesota. Uh, Jason, where do you have you, Darvish, going? Um, I think Chicago as well. I think the Chatwood acquisition the other day was a way for them to fill uh, the backfill the back end of the rotation. And if the if it doesn't work out there, maybe they go chase Cobb as well. Uh, then you have to look at Boston. What how they're gonna? They always try to counterpunch what New York does. And if New York's yeah. gonna add all this power outside of maybe the guy we'll talk about. I didn't see the list. Or I can't remember the list, but, you know, J.D. Martinez is the, obviously the other big yeah, big need for the team that finished last in homers. Uh, perhaps they go the other way and say, okay, we're just going to make our pitching better, and then when we get face-to-face, it's going to be our badass pitchers against your badass power, and let's see who wins. That that would be really interesting um, if, if Boston went ahead and got Darvish, and like you said, just started lining up um, price, sale, Darvish, Porcello's now your four, which is certainly a lot, uh, a lot better, a lot better deployment of Porcello. That would be really interesting to, if uh, if Darvish ended up going out to Boston. All right, Jason, I will start with you on the next one. Jake Arrieta. I mentioned the Cubs seem to be kind of running away from him. I think that's the right way to go. I think he's a bit of a landmine. But uh, where do you have Arietta going now? In my head, I think he heads up the interstate to Milwaukee. I mean, they need they need that guy losing Jimmy Nelson. Uh, we don't know when Jimmy Nelson's going to come back in eighteen. We they really need to don't. have that guy up front, uh, and I think Arietta's the guy they go after. Ian, Jake I like Arietta. That's really good. I like that the Brewers idea. Um, not what I was thinking, but uh, but I, I actually think he might end up with the Texas Rangers. Um, they they've got an interesting team, and they need pitching. So uh, got ties say, to that area too, by the way. Sorry to cut you off. Got ties to that area. Went to TCU in the uh, Dallas Fort Worth area. So I'm going to say Texas Rangers, uh, and I tip the hat about the Milwaukee Brewers because I think that's a really good number two choice. 
We talked about Minnesota wanting somebody and, and their dark horse for Darvish. Milwaukee's right there being linked to a lot of the big pitchers. And, and so that's definitely something that we could see. By the way, um, he went to high school in Texas as well. Jake Arrieta did. So been, been in that general area for a while, and that could uh, put the Rangers in play. I like that call. Ian, I'm going to start with you on this one. J.D. Martinez, the biggest bat available for sure. We saw the the Boris putting out the $200 million. That's just a Boris technique. That's, that's just smart negotiating there. You put out that number, so then when you come down and sign for 170, you you look like you really uh, you really negotiated there when I think they know in their hearts that 200 is literally never going to happen. But where do you think J.D. Martinez goes, Ian? Well, you know, he's uh, to make Justin Mason happy, I'm going to say the San Francisco Giants um, because they they need the big bat. I mean, obviously, they're the, the least power-hitting team in baseball um and i can i can <laughs> his def- reaction was good so <laughs> yeah, you're right yes, yes 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 but that's i i think that the giants give their fans that because they need something um and it's a a good option and i wouldn't be surprised if he's closer to that 200 million dollars than than we think okay and that, that park won't hold him jd martinez's power plays everywhere um, some of his opposite field power might end up as uh, in that triples alley. He had that in Detroit as well and was able to leave the yard um, in their triples alley. So I know it's, it's even more treacherous in San Francisco, so he might lose a few homers there, but he might gain a few to the pole field. Uh, there was a great analysis of, of Giancarlo Stanton, how he would look in, in uh, AT&T ballpark by Mike Petriello. And I think J.D. Martinez would be rather similar. Justin, uh, excuse me, Jason, where do you have? J.D. Martinez going. Boston, I don't know if they have they, yeah. have, they have two options. They either have to go trade for Jose Abreu or go sign J.D. Martinez. I think that's what it comes to. No, they have, that's where I'm no, going. They need right, I need, they, they, to me, they need right-handed power. Maybe they do go do both, okay. but they need, they have a park built for right-handed power. I mean, yeah. possibly Hosmer, you know, going the, the way he hits, they could use there, but to me, that team's screaming for that kind of, uh, either one of those hitters. And I think with this, this is where they end up I mentioned earlier about them going for pitching to counteract what the Yankees are doing. Uh, but I just see one of those two ending up in Boston here uh, as soon as the end of this week. Okay. Uh, let's mm. let's get into these uh, KC Royals then. Ian, you mentioned that you have Hosmer going to Boston. You like him just uh, with his opposite field approach, more of a contact. You know, he had a good year this past season, but the power wasn't really there a ton before that. You like him just beating the ball off the, uh, the green yeah. roster there for I a mean, bunch he's... of singles and doubles? I, I really do, and I, I think uh, I think I've read somewhere where he hits almost 400 at Fenway. Um, he yeah. uses that wall, um, and if you've got a guy who can do it, also you know he's a he's still a young player, and he if he, he could get a six year contract, um, you know maybe I, I'm not a huge not a huge Hosmer fan. Um, I, I would be I would be more frightened if Abreu, as a Yankee fan, if Abreu is on the Red Sox, I think that's more challenging than um, Hosmer. Um, and but, also to Jason's point about the right-handed power versus left-handed, I do think that that would be right. key. And I, I agree there. But I do think that, um, you know, Jason said J.D. or Darvish for them. I'm going to throw in uh, Hosmer slash Abreu as one entity and say they're going to get one of those three. They're, they're going to sign one of those three guys or trade for Abreu. Something's going to happen. They will be a counterpunch from Boston. So I, I agree there. Um, Jason, where do you have Hosmer going? Can I put Hosmer in Cleveland? You can, absolutely, because Carlos Santana is a free agent. And yeah. 
if they, you know, they might be looking. Let me ask you this, based on that, based on you putting him there, what do you, Jason, think of Hosmer's defense when you when you watch just by the eye test? We know what the metrics say; they don't they don't like him. But what is your general thought of Hosmer as a defender? If you were to put the blind, if you were to take the name and throw his defensive metrics up there and make me guess who the guy was, Hosmer would not be in my top ten. No, he wouldn't be in my top fifty because I I. I and I don't think it's just the gold gloves. I think I'm an AL Central fan. Y'all know I'm a Tigers fan. I watch a ton of KC games, uh, at least 18 times a year when they play the Tigers. I've always found him as an adept fielder, and it does surprise me that the metrics continually hate him. Like not, you know, a one year thing you can easily Hates wave even off. Too kind. <laughs> like. They have him as a monster at first base and in the wrong way, like just hideously bad. I don't, I don't know. I don't – could they all – could all the defensive metrics for seven years be wrong though? I don't really think that. So I think my eyes might be uh, deceiving me with Hosmer's defense. Ian, what do you think of Hosmer's defense at first? I think my eyes are fooling me too because I always think of him as, as relatively smooth over there. But the metrics do say that he is – he is less than. I also, not to underestimate this, he's a great leader. He's a great team leader, um, which is why, you know, if Freddie Freeman could actually play third base, I wouldn't, the Atlanta Braves would even make a little bit of sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I think that team's going to be really good. I, I think that's what pushes the uh, the Boston thing, too, with Hosmers. I think they do need another guy. Um, not that Pedroia isn't still the team leader there, but he has to pass the torch to somebody because he's definitely uh, more team leader than more team leader vocally than with his play because he just hasn't staying healthy. And obviously, Poppy left a big void there. Uh, Hosmer could definitely fill that kind of role. So it'd be interesting to see if he if he went there. Let's move on to the other uh, of the three Royals with Moose, Mike Moustakis. We we know. Uh, by the way, n- nobody mentioned Hosmer back to KC, which they, they're keeping that line open. A lot of folks seem to think they're going to sign at least one of these guys. Who's the last free agent that re-signed with their current team? Alex Gordon, perhaps? A young, one, Gordon. A young one. And look at that. Then look how badly that worked out. Really so, bad. Yeah, that did not work out at all. Um, so, yeah, I don't. Moustakis is almost guaranteed not back. I don't know that he's outwardly said F you to KC or anything, but the, just the way he's talking, the vibe that there is. If I was ranking the three on going back to Casey, I would have him ninth. Um, I would have Steve Balboni coming back, Bo Jackson coming back. Will Farrell's a big fan of Casey. I would have them going ahead and signing him. Moose is not going back to KC. So, Jason, where you got Moose going? Uh, I'll suck up to the producer. He's going to San Francisco. Oh, yeah. No chip on toys for Jason. Uh, cheaper you, than Martinez. I don't want my voice sounding like a damn chipmunk. So I'm going to say he's going to San Francisco. And if I'm wrong, then he could turn me into a chipmunk. Okay. You heard it there, Justin. You got free reign if you guys don't get moose. Um, What about Pablo Sandoval, though? Dude, he hit that key walk-off homer that gave the Tigers the number one pick. (laughs) Suck it, Pablo. That's payback for the triple homer game that ruined my life many moons ago. yeah, I, I like that fit. I also think that uh, I know I haven't been given my opinions on all these, but uh, the Angels, because that's the, where I, know. I think that they're still going in on things, and they're going to get a second baseman or a third baseman. I think Caleb Cowart can do one or the other, or at least get a shot to do it. But I think they're going to fill one of them, and Moose 
seems like a really nice fit. Ian, you said you agree with that? Yep, that's where I was going with it. I think he's going to go to the Angels because I think Marino is he, he's building his team and it's it's growing in the right direction. About you get damn time. Yeah, but you get you get a really you're out you're off of the Hamilton. You've gotten rid of Josh Hamilton's contract, I think, finally, and yes. you you invest, and Luis Valbueno can go back to being a bench spot, or you can release him. Um, well, and Valbueno Coward can handle second base, like they can they can play it together, and 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 Moose can be the full time third baseman. Yeah, and that team is that team is actually becoming uh, more and more interesting every single day, and you know maybe they pick up Jonathan Lucroy, too. That'd be nuts. Although Martin Maldonado did just win a, I almost said Cy Young for some reason. He did just win a gold glove. So they might be saying, we'll get our offense up and down the lineup everywhere else and kind of punt catcher and second base with Maldonado and Coward favoring defense. And then, of course, you got Angleton, who's an elite defender, but also gives something with the bat. So mm-hmm. they've got they got ways to go there. Uh, I like I like Moose. To both those teams, really. I do think San Francisco and L.A., I think he's headed out west for sure because both those are the two favorites. Uh, Justin Mason, with a great idea, panda to center field. Boom. Has his agent approved of that? There was some chatter that they might sign Lorenzo Cain, but why do that when you have such a great in-house option? Uh, And he does say he said it would be better than Denard Span, which is not even a joke because Denard Span was hideous in center field. Uh, But that does bring us up to our last Royal Lorenzo Cain, like I said, was rumored or has been rumored to KC or excuse me, to uh, San Francisco. Um, so he could be the guy that they get. Jason, I'll start with you. Where's Lorenzo Cain going? Oh, my 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 anchor to uh, some of my bad my bad performance last year. What was it last year? I was all in on Kane. It was 16, right? It was it was two years ago. Yeah. And when he oh. when he when he flopped, right, it was it was after the big year. And then last yes. year he bounced back. Boy, did he flop. Um I don't know. I, I I mean the Giants make a lot of sense, but if I just put if I just put Mustakas in the Giants, can they really afford both guys? I mean they they probably could. I don't know if they're gonna if they if they would go with both though. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of my struggle. And then I'm trying to go through and say where do I, where else do I put who needs that outfield replacement? And I'm struggling to find a good home for him. I think I got a home. What do you got, Ian? I'm going to say that his price is going to go down because of Dexter Fowler, right? Because it's yeah. a similar similar vibe. To, and because he's 32. And yeah, he's, has not, only he's not young either. Two 600-plate appearance seasons only. So I think his price is going to drop, and then he's going to land with the New York Mets. Ooh, that is uh, really interesting, and I think that that's something that they would definitely do. That's I can totally see that. Perfect. <laughs> They look for guys who are already injured so they can't get blamed for it. Right. No, we, he was injured when we got him, dude. I swear <laughs> to God, man. We didn't do anything. Uh, that, I like that fit, though. I do think that's a pretty interesting fit uh, against San Francisco is at the top uh, or up near the top of the list. How about uh, they don't get moved? How about both. a Toronto? Toronto is yeah, another was... interesting one. And then you got Pilar. Yeah, but uh, I like Pilar there. I mean, he's such a dominant fielder. Oh, I he love Pilar there. Black. But you could. You can move. You can move uh, King to left. I mean, you're not yeah. touching Pilar, but I mean, they did just lose. They lost, they're losing Bautista, and I mean, their, their current outfield rotation is Teoscar Hernandez, who I do like, um, Steve Pierce. I'm looking at ready? roster resource, and then Kevin Pilar. So Steve Pierce is totally movable off that position. Yeah, for, yeah, that's for, a good. That's a really good spot, actually. I think that's that. That might be. 
the best spot for him. I, I like that one, too. I do like Teoscar Hernandez as well. I'm not sure he's ready for a full-time role. I'm hoping I'm going to be in, intrigued and have shares of him, hoping that he can hold it. But I don't know that he would be blocking off somebody like a Lorenzo Kane if they wanted to go I ahead. I just and... don't know what direction Toronto's going to go. I mean, obviously, it's, it's right? it has to be a little disheartening when you know one of your division foes does, uh, does what the Yankees just did, is that they weren't already good enough in that capacity. <laughs> so then you're looking at my team. If I'm... I forgot who the hell runs that team these days. It's not Anthopolis. I mean, uh, Russ Atkins or Ross okay, Atkins. Ross I'm looking Atkins. at it. I'm like, okay, I've got uh Tulowitzki at 33. I've got Morales at 35. I've got smoke coming off a career year. I've got Donaldson at 32. You know, if, if St. Louis calls me and be like, Hey, you know that what we are offering for Stanton, we're going to pony up. And, and what do you want for Donaldson? Done. I mean, to me, you know, to me, I don't know which direction this team goes. They, they, they could be, all right, we're going to make one more crash at it. And if we are, how do you give a free agent contract to Kane at four years? If you are on the precipice of going one way or the other here. Well, just it's don't tough. give him a no trade. Don't give him the no trade clause. First. <laughs> no, yeah. like, don't, you know, and, and don't again, back I think, the contract. <laughs> and I think Kane is going to, I, I think, I think Kane's price is going to come down um, for all the reasons that we're talking about. But also, you know, the, the, the best is really yet to come with the Toronto Blue Jays. I mean, you've got Vladimir Guerrero, who is a couple of, you know, a bit away and Bo Bichette, who's a little bit away. Um, but you've got some. You've got you've got a new generation. I, if I'm Toronto Blue Jays, if I'm the owner of the Toronto Blue Jays, I don't make a dumb Stanton deal where I give away my best player. But yes, you you get you get a great deal from the St. Louis Cardinals, um, and load up your farm system. Keep loading it up. I think I think that the Houston Astros have not have been celebrated, but should be celebrated more for how for how they went about their business, and now they're the world champions. I completely agree with that. And I know it had some years of ugliness as a Tigers fan who's gone through plenty of years of ugliness. Let's ugly it up. Let's, you know, let's get Kinsler. I I like Kinsler. Let's get him out of there. Let's get something. I know he's not going to bring back some A-level prospect, but everything that's not nailed down, let's get the Tigers on that, uh, on that $50 million payroll max. I know they got to keep Victor and, and, and Miggy around, but everything else, let's, let's move it out. And then when Victor or when Miggy comes back healthy, and and beasts out and we trade him man we're gonna be we're gonna be awesome we're gonna be the next houston astros that's that's the dream world i'm living in guys that's what that's what i do to keep myself warm in uh in december um i think that's gonna just even i'm sorry one last point just looking in basketball and looking at what the 76ers did and sort of the ridiculousness of of all of that but now they they have you know they've got two of the best players in basketball on the same team and it really did. It, yeah. it worked. It, I mean, it's working, I guess. I shouldn't say it worked. I haven't done anything with it yet. But they're they're actually an exciting team, and Hinky wasn't around for it. That's kind of a bummer for him, huh? Yeah. Uh, all right. I think that's going to wrap it up, guys. Uh, Ian, it was great to talk to you again. When are we going to meet up in, in New York? Are you going to be around when we're around for Tout Wars? When is Tout ta- Yeah, I think I will uh, be. Uh, St. Patrick's Day weekend. Yeah. Yes, I will. I will. I will definitely be there. And I'm. Um, and if somebody drops out, I would love to. To be a. Might have oh. to be a live, uh, live podcast situation. Then I will have the, uh, the voice recorder. Justin, Justin, are you going to be out there? Oh. Yes, I will. 
We haven't talked about I thought. I've watched like five episodes. Relax. Don't be putting me on blast. (laughs) Don't be putting me on blast. I said I I I watched enough that I could say if you're not watching it, you're 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 stupid. But I haven't seen it all yet. Jeez, I'm out here living on Front Street, just getting blasted up. No, Ian. Obviously, you're amazing. But I knew Ian. From the Tony Kornheiser show, so I my bona fides were they checked out already. Okay, guys, don't be trying to put me on blast because I don't watch Turn religiously. Okay, <laughs> I will have the I, okay. Here's my commitment: I will be done with all of Turn by the All Star break of 2018. That's what That's I'll do. Good pace for you, considering all your streams and your See, player yeah, I profiles. I mean, running the ship's difficult. You don't have all the free time like the rest of us That's do. What I'm saying. I mean, you guys got families and lives, yeah. but uh, you know, no I'm way. just out here. I'm out here grinding. I'm out here grinding for them bucks, y'all. The good news is, the good news is that, and because Justin and I were chatting for a couple of minutes before the show, and he said he was a he watched the show. The good news is, is that it gets it gets better you know what i mean it's like it's like the philadelphia 76ers it starts out <laughs> trust the low. process of the show. <laughs> trust, trust the process of the show i in fact i think i called jason didn't i call you the night of the finale and i was like we we kind of nailed it at the end didn't we and you didn't like, actually it was the next morning cuz by the time i finished watching it i was up super late I think I, I I had it on record. I was traveling home. I ended up watching it super late, and it was like one thirty in the morning. And the next morning, you were like, "Hey, I didn't hear from you." And I was like, "It was like one thirty, and you were like, "Hey, I was still up." And I'm like, "My bad." <laughs> no, because I was like Jason waiting, waiting for you to text him. Yeah, because I was waiting. Because Jason would often text me in the middle of the show, like, "Holy, sh- I can't believe! Yeah. Oh my god, did that really happen?" I'm like, "Yeah, that really happened." And so for the finale, which was the last two episodes, really were were. Absolute highlights, I think. Um, and so I was waiting for Colette. I was like, and I looked at my, I looked at Nicole. I was like, you know, nothing from Jason Colette. And she was like, wow, maybe he didn't like it so much. Like, so yeah, I thought he was a fan. Guess not. He was a fan. <laughs> guess, guess, guess not so much. Didn't didn't like the the finale. But all four seasons are now on Netflix, which is great. Um, so uh, people get be watching it. Boom. Yeah, it's it's worth a watch. Ian, it was great talking with you. Uh, I think I'm going to try to make sure that you're on again before the season starts so that we don't have too much time in between. Jason, what's your travel schedule looking like? Uh, believe I have one more. I'm going to be in Orlando next week. Uh, not not intentionally for the winter meetings. I have to be there for work on the 13th and 14th. Uh, it just so happens but that the winter meetings are also there. Uh, so I'm going down. I'll be there on – I'm flying in on two, this coming Tuesday – uh, midday, I've got a couple of things I have to do, and then I'm heading over that night, uh, Tuesday night, because my hotel is uh, like a quarter mile away from the. I'm staying on Disney property, uh, oh, wow. just not at the Swan and Dolphin. So I'm, I have dinner set up with uh, Corey and Josh Kushnick, and I don't know who else Corey's invited. Maybe Eno will be on that list. Um, if not, I'm no, sure no, I'll no. see him. Don't don't invite that guy. Just don't. I mean, he's going to be having sandwiches in his pockets. Taking pictures be, of them. You know, it's going to be how awesome it is. going to yeah. be a mess. No, I'm just kidding. Um, hopefully you guys have a good time with that. And then uh, as far as the schedule goes, we're getting back into it, y'all, because all these moves are starting to happen. So uh, Eno and I will be doing something from the winter meetings. And if Jason, if you're with him at that time, then obviously you're going to have to get on the mic. But uh, otherwise, we'll be back next weekend. Ian, good talking with you. Jason, Jason I'll talk to you later. Yep. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Justin. Thanks, Justin.